This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO, Missoula's News and Weather Station. Good morning, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. Talk Back this morning is brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, offering residential and commercial cleaning with their powerful steam extraction method. Also by Y West Storage, located at the Y at 70992 Smokes Way. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts, no matter how cold. Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every time. And by Harrington Surgical Supply, their mission remains the same to restore confidence and comfort into your daily life. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. All right, we have a very special show this morning. I'll just uh, reiterate that uh, Peter is not here today, and he will not be here the rest of the week. He is on vacation. So Nick Christensen here filling in for you, and we have our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro, here to answer all your tax questions. Good morning, Walt. Well, good morning, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and it looks like I think Ed's already calling, so let's uh, oh. we can maybe just get right to the phones here. Okay, uh, that sounds good. Ed, you are on TalkBack. What's your question or comment for Walt? My question is going to be about how to get uh, a copy of the 1099, Social Security 1099, if you didn't receive it in the mail. You're on. You're on. Actually, right now, Ed. So uh, go go oh, ahead and ask. Right? Yeah, we, oh. we we kind of streamlined it I, for for the for folks hey, also listening. I, I'm doing both. So yeah. Hey, good. good. Well, well, uh, my wife got her Social Security 1099 form several weeks ago, and we've always got them back to back in the mailbox, and yeah. mine hasn't showed up. So uh, I was looking at how to how to get a copy, and I thought. Maybe uh, getting a Social Security account is the way to go. But that's a real elaborate, <laughs> uh, you know, procedure getting oh, yeah. that. Yeah, uh, filled with usernames and passwords. <laughs> yeah, and pass codes, lists <laughs> of code numbers and stuff. So is there an easy way uh, to uh, get a copy of your... Social Security 1099 form. Well, to me, the easiest way would be to call Social Security because you oh. you you emphasize the key word easy. I think calling yeah. them and requesting it would be the probably the most expeditious way of, of getting that done. Okay, there's not a not a place in town you could walk up to and uh, and do something like this. Well, you could try that, um, but usually what happens within town is is for setting up appointments to meet with Social Security. Their office is over by Home Depot, and yeah. it's right by where I live too. Yeah, really. and uh, you know, uh, Social Security is a lot easier to work with than some of their. Um, Oh, it's not like calling the IRS. Government, yeah. not like dealing with the IRS. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think I would try the phone route first. And then if you okay. can't do the phone route, you can set up an appointment and request it. But they're pretty, pretty easy. You know, they're a lot easier to deal with. Um, I, and in fact, I even went to the IRS office last week and they said they were closed for the whole week. So, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Good timing for that. Oh, well, yeah, they're supposed good. to be there this week. So we'll see. Mm. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay, thanks, good luck, Ed. Hey, and uh, well, we're actually already up in our first break here, but if you have a question like Ed did, 
Give us a call. Phone number is 721-1290. Walt's going to be here for the full two hours. He's here to answer your tax questions. Uh, he has a stack of stuff, obviously, but we, we really want to hear from you. And now's the time to get those questions in. So the queue's open and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Today on Hey... Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. Snow showers and some gusty winds in the forecast today. The National Weather Service has issued winter weather advisories. The main snow impact will be Wednesday night into Thursday morning with an 80% chance of snowfall. Tapering off as we get into Thursday. Upwards of an inch of snow in the valleys of west central and southwest Montana. The flathead in northwest Montana could see one to three inches with more in the passes. Turning colder as the storm clears Friday with lows down into the teens. All right, we are back on Talk Back. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter Christian all week. He is on vacation. Our guest today is our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro. And, well, we actually just got a call from someone because he heard Ed's call, and he said that uh, for him what worked best is he actually went online, went onto the website, signed into his Social Security account, and just downloaded it and printed it he Mm -hmm. said it was it was that easy to do online so and if you're able to do that it sounds like that might be your easiest route so yeah yeah, just to pass that along yeah he didn't sound too keen on setting up an account (laughs) no (laughs) no and then we know so yeah (laughs) yeah hey but you know whatever works easiest for you right well, uh, I wanted to kick things off this morning in lieu of calls. So we still want to hear from you guys, 721-1290, if you have any tax questions for Walt. That's why he's here this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, everyone's should have their W-2s by now. You were supposed to get it before the 31st or 30th of January, and everyone's getting ready to file their taxes. So just real basic, what's kind of been going on in your office the last couple of weeks and just how busy have you been? Well, up until this uh, uh, past week, last week, it was kind of uh, medium, medium quiet. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the, the, the floodgates have opened up. And so, uh, you know, I reviewed about a dozen tax returns this morning that were put on my desk last night. So it's, it's, uh, starting to hit and, uh, you know, people are getting their W-2s and a lot of people are, are retired. So they get their retirement statements like Ed with his social security. And, and I don't know how social security mails those things out mm-hmm. because my wife got hers and then it was like almost four or five days later I got mine. Not that it matters, but. You know, the big thing is, is you get them. Now, the interesting thing that comes up, and if you have a brokerage account with any of the brokerage houses, whether it's Vanguard, D.A. Davidson, whatever, you're always at the mercy of when those things are out. The IRS required those brokerage houses to get their 1099s out by the end of February. Mm. And in some cases, uh, uh, you know, they'll try to get them out by that time. But a lot of times if they send them out, here's what happens in March is they'll send out corrected 1099. Oh, so boy. it's, it, that's, that's, uh, that's really an unfortunate situation because many times we've got a tax return done and then boom, the, uh, Client will come along, get a corrected 1099. How often does that happen? Like, would you recommend to a client to just, wait until that march to even get things going i mean because then you're doing all that work for nothing right I mean, yeah because you got to redo things right. um uh, yeah it it happens quite often mm. i would say in about 
a third to a half of the uh, cases, uh, people will get a corrected 1099 from the brokerage houses. And the brokerage houses are kind of at the mercy of whoever they hire to do those 1099s. A lot of uh, brokerage houses will have Fidelity do it. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, they want to get they have to get those 1099s out by February 28th. But in some cases, they don't have all the information. So they send it out anyway to comply with the law. And then. Two weeks later, three weeks later, they get updated information, so they send out the corrected. Uh, The best thing to do is if you've experienced that in the past, just just consider it will probably likely happen again. Anyway, uh, uh, so is there is there anything maybe new this season that folks should be aware of or on the lookout for? Because I know that you're always tracking this and there's always a change to this form or that form potentially in a new way of doing things. Is there anything that folks should be aware of specifically this year when they're uh, trying to file? Yeah. uh, uh, The big thing that happens to affect a lot of people with kids is is the 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 child tax credits Mm. have greatly reduced. Last year they were two thousand dollars. In most cases, this year they're a thousand, and so a lot of people are uh, getting surprised that their refund isn't as big because of that. Mm. That's one thing. Uh, there's been some you know, little tweaks here and there on retirement uh, accounts and how much you can contribute and how you do it and and, and things of that nature. So. Uh, that's the you know most of what's happening the other thing is is for businesses uh if you're an llc or subchapter s company or corporation uh, uh the financial incentive you know uh fincen uh the uh compliance arm of of uh the securities and exchange commission is requiring uh, what they call beneficial ownership interest reporting. Now, the good thing is, is existing businesses, as of December 31st of last year, have the whole year to file this form. Mm. And and if you don't have ownership change in future years, you just have to file this form once. So it's just kind of an annoyance, but something people need to be aware of. you got plenty of time, but it's good to be aware of it. Most people are. There's been a lot of uh, oh, communication on it so far, but there will be more. Nice. Uh, we have two callers, Walt. Let's try to get one before our break. I believe uh, Wingnut okay, is good. on the line. Wingnut, what's your uh, question for Walt Carroll? Well, good morning. I guess the good news is that it must be getting cheaper to raise kids. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. My question is, you know, I took my paperwork in, and then I got a call uh, regarding my um, taxes paid for vehicle registrations. Yeah. And so so I looked at my vehicle registrations, and it seems to me that in the past that they, there was a breakdown of where the fees you were paying and the taxes you were paying. But nowhere on the vehicle reg- registration that you're required to have in your vehicle is there any – it's not broken down anymore. So do you have any clue as to uh, how I can get that information? Well, it, it, for most people, they take the standard deduction, and so I just take the whole I amount. Itemize. 
I just take the whole. He said he itemized. If you itemize, then uh, I would just claim the whole thing if it's not broken down for you. The only the thing that. What's that? You're saying claim the whole license fee, license plate fee. Yeah. Is that correct? Yep. Just claim the whole thing. Yeah. Are you? Do you have a business? No, I have a lot of charitable giving. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, technically you're only supposed to deduct the tax, but you know, right. uh, it, it, I don't know why the government's not reporting it. Um, for well, I have my suspicions, <laughs> but the thing is, is in the old days, if like Missoula County, if they elected the county option tax, uh, they you know that was disclosed on there, and uh, they probably got tired of getting harangued about that because you can go up to Flathead County or Granite County, and those two counties don't charge that additional tax. So uh, anyway. You, you'll just see a lot of rental cars that will either have Flathead or Granite County plates on them. And why? This is a smaller tax. So, but yeah, uh, I, you know, if it's not broken down, I just claim the whole thing. Okay. Well, thank you. You bet. Thanks. Hey, where'd you get your nickname from? Where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, it just be, it's self-deprecate. Let, let, let me ask you a separate question. Can you hear the elephant? My notification for my like a text or a voicemail is a is an elephant trumpet. Does that come across? Because it's done it a couple of times. Can no, you hear that? No, no, not once. Why? I almost wish we would have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I was worried I was having this weird noise going out over the air. No, nope, no, nope, you're no, good. Anyway, I, I just love the nickname like Wingnut. It, it reminds me of well, 55 I'm, Chevy with an oil bath air cleaner, and there was a big wing nut that always <laughs> held them down. It's to remind me not to take myself seriously. <laughs> All right. Yeah, good enough. Okay, Thanks, anyway, wing nut. Thank you. Hey, thank you. All right, we're up against our next break. Uh, just just like Wingnut there, we have Jeff on hold, uh, hoping to ask Walt a question, but we'd also love to hear from you. Phone number is 721-1290. We're officially in the weeds of tax season, so it's a great time to have Walt here. Uh, and you want to get those taxes filed early, uh, you know, so they're just in case you have any issues or anything. So if you have any questions about the process, give Walt a call here. Again, phone number is 721-1290. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Hi, I'm E.J. Williams. Each year, millions of animals are abandoned, and more than a million are euthanized before they can be rescued. 
Organizations like American Humane are working to harness the healing power of the human-animal bond, as animals can be trained as life-saving service and therapy dogs to help veterans, the elderly, and children with special needs to overcome the obstacles of everyday life. To find out how you can help give animals and the people they help a new leash on life, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Good morning, everyone. Uh, happy Wednesday. Happy Valentine's Day. Nick Christensen here filling in for our friend Peter Christian, who is on vacation this week. He will be out uh, all week. Uh, this morning, our guest is our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro, uh, answering all your tax questions this morning. And we actually have uh, two people on hold with questions. Jeff's been waiting the longest. And Jeff, you are on. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, morning. Doing a great job, Nick, by the way. I, yeah. I neglected to say that earlier, so. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the uh, three things real quick. First of all, for Wingnut, um, I don't know how it is in Missoula County, but up here in Lake, um, they, uh, the registration doesn't show the amount, but they give you a receipt, financial statement, which itemizes all your payments as well. So um, if he looks at that, he can break out all the tax information. Good to know. Yeah, and, and so uh, so if he had doesn't have it, I guess he could go back there, maybe get a copy of it or something. But it's on that statement. Second of all, I, I heard this morning on the news that uh, I think Ace Sourwine had it on that uh, Zulu County Public Schools are uh, decrying the fact that uh, they're going to lose money this year, and uh, and that they may have to have like up to four different levies that they're looking at to raise property taxes once even more. Oh I just kind of looked on a property that I own there in Missoula and between 2022 and 2023, the, the property tax portion for education, just strictly for education went up 13.3%. So mm-hmm. that made me wonder what's going on with, with that. And I took a look I did a, a little brief research in, in the comments on the story in uh, NBC Montana, and it turns out that um, the government, the federal government, uh, emergency secondary, uh, emergency secondary uh, school uh, relief funds um, are going away. So the government funds are going away, and that's going to reduce what's available by five million. Uh, and so what what has happened in my mind is that Missoula County Public Schools have neglected to plan for the fact that they're going to lose money that was given to them for emergency relief. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't count as emergency. That's just poor planning on their part. So um, something to think about for Missoula uh, County when, a, when a voting time comes up. But the reason I called in, those were things that happened after I after I decided <laughs> to call in. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2022, I converted a, a, a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA and paid an enormous amount of taxes on that. But I had not been introduced to IRMA at that point. The oh, income-related <laughs> monthly uh, adjustment amount. And so uh, looking at uh, what I used to pay uh, a month was, uh, let's see, $329 a month. That has jumped up to $908 a month for 2023. 
Um, so increased almost three times. So that's that's between uh, you and your wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, because right. it's about 460 something if you're on the high end of things. Well, I haven't quite hit that. I only got to 454 a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's so, still a lot of money. You know, that's almost like yeah. $6,000. Oh, yeah, that's about $10,000 a year now for Medicare for us. Now, that'll go away next year. But my question, Walt, was is there any way to appeal that? Yes. To Social Security, the fact that it's a one-time uh increase and maybe we could get that reduced yeah uh, in fact uh out of three people i've been successful on a couple of occasions in uh filing the appeal i think it's called form ss-44 and it it's a form that you file and uh you got to have a economic reason say like uh uh oh you know, there's been a death in the family or, and you did this and that and whatnot. And, and it's all a case-by-case basis. So, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for you because you made a voluntary choice to convert the IRA to a Roth and trigger all that income. And uh, right. uh, anyway, but it won't hurt. You know, you're not going to catch a fish unless your line's in Flathead Lake, right? <laughs> so... I yeah. would do the appeal, and uh, you as know. My says, as my daughter-in-law says, uh, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. <laughs> That's True, right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, you know, you can, uh, uh, you know, anytime you're uh, of Social Security age, there's going to be all kinds of mitigating circumstances that you can use in that appeal form. And that appeal form, uh, they've got instructions on how to fill it out, and you attach documents to it and whatnot. But I haven't been a hundred percent successful, but I've 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 had some success with that. Okay, yeah, I'll give I you the, give. the example where I was successful. The client, uh, uh, like three years ago, her husband died, and then two years ago, the the real estate market was booming and she didn't want to sell all a couple of pieces of property but she ended up doing so because of the market and we were able to she was able to get her irma adjusted down for that one time uh, factor of uh, selling uh, two chunks of real estate in the same year so she mm. was facing exactly what you're facing yeah okay okay but well, i give it a try for yeah. sure Oh, and Irma, there's a there's a you hotel know. in downtown Cody, Wyoming called the Irma. Oh, <laughs> Spelled a little different, but anyway, that's that's where Buffalo Bill Cody used to hang out <laughs> in the old days. All righty. Okay. Now I know. That talk yeah. got away for <laughs> trivia later. Yeah, there yeah. you go, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Uh, we are up against our next break, obviously. Um, we're going to take that real quick. Phone number, if you want to get in the queue to ask Walt Caro a question, 721-1290. We have uh, Pete patiently waiting on hold. We'll get to his call right after the break, and we'd love to hear from you as well. We'll be back. 
Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. Snow showers and some gusty winds in the forecast today. The National Weather Service has issued winter weather advisories. The main snow impact will be Wednesday night into Thursday morning with an 80% chance of snowfall. Tapering off as we get into Thursday. Upwards of an inch of snow in the valleys of west central and southwest Montana. The flathead in northwest Montana could see one to three inches with more in the passes. Turning colder as the storm clears Friday with lows down into the teens. All right, we are back on Talk Back uh, here with our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro. Nick Christensen here, filling in for Peter Christian. If you didn't tune in yesterday or just joined us this morning, Peter is on vacation. He's on vacation all week, so no need to worry. He will be back on Monday. Uh, this is just temporary, obviously, but uh, Pete's been waiting on hold for a while. And Pete, what is your question for Walt? Good morning, morning Pete. Good morning. Say, uh, I, I worked, uh, I, I used to work. I'm retired now. I get Social Security as my only income. And I'm wondering, is there any reason for me to, uh, uh, to be, uh, filing federal at all? Most likely not. Uh, you got to have like about, Twelve, fourteen thousand of taxable income uh, before that happens, and if Social Security is your only source of income, uh, that isn't included in that uh, uh, filing requirement uh, definition of, of gross receipts. So, uh, yeah, you don't in that particular case, you don't have a reason or need to file a federal return. Montana's a different story because they have different filing requirements. Plus, if you own property and you're over 62 and you live in Montana for the whole year, you can qualify for the uh, elderly credit. And that's up to 1250 bucks this year. Is that what you – do you get that, Pete? I've been doing that, yes. And, uh, and here's the rub. Uh, when they uh, ask for – um, the adjusted gross income. Yeah. Um, is that uh, just number box five on my Social Security statement, or um, how is how is that figured? Do I need to? Do, yeah, that's why uh, I used to do. Uh, okay, Pete. I'm just going to make some assumptions, and if Social Security is your only income, and yeah. you don't have any. Uh, uh, private retirement or interest or dividend income, none of that. Your Montana adjusted gross income would be probably zero. And the reason why it would be zero is because Social Security is not taxable at the federal or state level unless your non-Social Security income exceeds 25000 That's for a single person. So in your case, none of your Social Security would be taxable. So therefore, it wouldn't go into your uh, adjusted gross income, federal or state. Okay. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, again, everybody's different, but I'm just giving you a general answer because there's (laughs) usually there's something, you know, something going on. But uh, in your case, I'll just. Take uh, take your information at your word and just say the only income you get is Social Security. And so, yeah, uh, I would just claim zero on the on the Montana return for uh, adjusted gross or taxable income. It's going to make for a different looking 
tax or or um, yeah, that elderly credit mm-hmm. form. Uh, you can yeah. file that as a separate form by itself, and it starts out with your income. And w- when you don't file a federal or state return, you just got to uh, fill that in. I, I won't say make it up, but in your particular case with only Social Security coming in, you start at zero. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then, and then everything else kind of flows through. All right. I'll look for that uh, that form. Yeah, it's uh, the, it's called the two, as in the number two EC. All right. Okay. Hey, good luck. And if you have any well, questions, give, much, give us a holler. I'll, I'll be around that. till the end of tax season. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Pete. Okay. Thanks, Pete. All right. We're uh, perfect timing. We're up against our next break here. Uh, so we're going to take that. Our phone lines are wide open now. So if you have a question for Walt, a tax question, Give us a call. Phone number is 721-1290-1800-568-5309. We would love to hear from you because Walt's going to be here another uh, hour and 20 minutes. So uh, he's ready for you. Give us a call. We've all got. All right. We are back on Talkback. Uh, Nick Christensen here filling in for our friend Peter Christian, uh, who is on vacation this week. He will be back on Monday. Our guest this morning is our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro, and he's here to answer all of your tax questions. Phone lines are still open, so if you want to get in the queue and get a question for Walt, phone number is 721-1290. In the meantime, we got an app question from Carl, and Carl said, This year, we paid for our daughter's college out of her 529 plan. She's 25 and is married. We're using TurboTax. When going to enter the payment as a deduction, we could not as she is not our dependent and it wanted to charge us for withdrawing the funds. He said, how do we claim this deduction or can she claim the deduction on her taxes as the beneficiary? Well, these are good questions. <laughs> That's a lot. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, the the software, and I, I don't use TurboTax, I use a... Uh, a very expensive. You pay the big professional. Bucks for yours. Oh, yeah. guys, <laughs> think about thirty thousand a year. Oof. Anyway, um, the concept here is: is when Carl and his wife <clears throat> set up these five twenty nine accounts for the daughter. Uh, on the federal level, there's no tax deduction there, but whatever bit that account builds up, as long as the buildup and the original money that was put into it was used for college expenses, then you are not quite entitled to a deduction, but the withdrawal is not a taxable event. Even though it's trying to make them pay for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the software is, is defaulting to uh, what it's programmed to do. Yeah. But you have to either blast or talk nice to it. Either one. <laughs> either blast it by, when I say blast, you override. But the thing is, is there should be some mechanism in TurboTax. And again, I'm not familiar with it, but I'm familiar with tax returns. But Carl, you should be able to find a spot in there where it says it was used for qualified tuition and fees. And even though your daughter is not a dependent, quote unquote, this year, the account was set up for her and uh, that should still be a qualified 
disbursement because it was used for higher education. So if you continue to have problems, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I was say, first, is, that, is that something that you, if they came into your office, that's something that you could figure out pretty quickly? Yeah, more than likely I could figure it out pretty quickly. But the quickest way for Carl on the app is find out uh, from Intuit, from TurboTax, if there's a helpline number, mm. if they can help him there. They should be able to, but anyway. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I file on TurboTax, and my stuff is so easy. That's kind of why. But um, I know that they have, like, chat bots and stuff kind of waiting there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Carl, if you type in, copy and paste that same question you just had for Walt and put it in there, and, and maybe they can help you. And if they can't help you... That's why someone like Walt's around, so they can uh, solve the problems that TurboTax can't. <laughs> yeah, and, and the kicker is, is because his daughter is no longer a dependent. Right. But you still should be able to qualify that because the money was put in when she was, and it grew while she was a dependent, and so you know, it's so a qualified expenditure. Can they both? claim or would only one be able to claim only one claims the the thing that carl's facing is they're trying to make him treat that as taxable income got it the amount that he took out because it's saying it was for an unqualified purpose got it interesting okay all right we uh we do have another caller on the line Uh, we have joe waiting okay good enough joe joe you are on what's your question or uh comment for walt caro I got a couple of questions, but I'll start with this one, and then if you got time for a follow up, I'll go with that. And uh, so, uh, <clears throat> with uh, regard to uh, inheritance, yeah, is the estate does the estate pay the taxes when the parents die, and then when you receive that income, is that taxable? Oh, okay, Joe. There's or a couple. Or is that already paid by the? Oh, okay. There's a couple of issues here. Actually, there's a whole boatload of issues, but the big thing is. When your when your uh, uh, parents die, and the, it's usually the last one to die, uh, y- you know, uh, you will receive the assets from that estate. Now, as you receive those assets, some of those assets may contain uh, uh, items of income, and the uh, and the most common one is is retirement accounts. So, if you inherit an IRA, the way the rules are. And this is a, you know, uh, kind of a, uh, a fancy word. We were talking, uh, Nick and I were talking early about a backdoor Roth. Well, now uh, you got a thing called uh, income in respect of a decedent. And so IRAs and retirement, like 401ks and whatnot, are income in respect of a decedent. So the party that actually collects that has to report that as income on their personal return. Now, those typically are set up so that the account has a named beneficiary. So if the estate is not the beneficiary, then it, you, Joe, would be uh, inheriting, getting that money direct because you were the designated beneficiary on the IRA or retirement account. If you How about stocks in, and bonds? Stocks and bonds from uh, a brokerage account? Yeah. Okay. So what happens with a brokerage account, The uh, after, you know, your mom or your dad die and then it goes into an estate, between the time of death and the time that it's transferred to you um, or and or your sisters and brothers, whatnot, 
that is interest and dividend income. And if they sell some of the stocks and bonds in the time frame between the date of death and the date of uh, distribution of those assets to you, that becomes income and that becomes income that's reportable on an estate income tax return. That form number is 1041. But the big thing that happens is uh, most of the time we try to have an estate not pay tax on that income because their bracket uh, for the the highest federal bracket, 37% on an individual married is around 450,000. But on a on an estate or trust, it starts at like 14 or 15,000. So it behooves uh, an estate or a trust to distribute the income and let the beneficiaries pay the tax because they're going to be in lower bracket. Does that help? Yeah, that helps. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> second question is, can you give me an update on Donald Trump's uh, legal troubles? And I'm not just politically talk here, but, you know, most of this stuff is financial. So that's where you might have something to add, you know, to the like, New York case or <laughs> some of these other things. Well, have you heard uh, anything? That well, anyway, I, you know, you're kind of asking me to do a forecast or a projection of what's going to happen. And I found a great quip from a class that I was taking this past week. Uh, and uh, the session that I was listening to and watching was on economics. And uh, the presenter was a fellow from uh, uh, Tennessee. But the quote was from John Kenneth Galbraith. And Galbraith is a famous economist. And he was originally Canadian. But what happened is he said, with regards to forecasting, he said the only function of economic forecasting is to make astrology look respectable. (laughs) With that in mind, you know, with regards to Donald Trump, uh, my my thoughts are that the, everybody's out to get him, and that's why Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, wrote a book called Get Trump, and that was pretty interesting. But when he's got four indictments against him, against him, four lawsuits, first thing that came to mind was four, four. What's important in sports with four, the number four? I'm not talking golf. <laughs> if you go to baseball, what happens with ball four? Wow. Ball four is you walk. So. Yeah. <laughs> I have no clue if that's going to happen. But a lot of these cases are so bizarre and they've stretched uh, definitions and whatnot. And we just saw this this past week with the Supreme Court hearing on on the Colorado case. Joe, we're up against the break, so we're going to have to let you go, pal. Hey, thanks, Joe. All right. Uh, Yeah, we're up against one of our last breaks here before the top of the hour. Uh, Phone lines are now wide open. If you have a question for Walt, phone number is 721-1290. We would love to hear from you. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. Snow showers and some gusty winds in the forecast today. The National Weather Service has issued winter weather advisories. The main snow impact will be Wednesday night into Thursday morning with an 80% chance of snowfall. Tapering off as we get into Thursday. Upwards of an inch of snow in the valleys of west central and southwest Montana. The flathead in northwest Montana could see one to three inches with more on the passes. Turning colder as the storm clears Friday with lows down into the... All right, we are back on Talkback. We only have about... Three and a half minutes here before our hard break, so I want to, uh, so we don't keep Stacy on the line through the top of the hour. Let's try to get her question now. Uh, Stacy, what's your question for Walt? Hi, Stacy. 
curious about um, gifts from your parents and whether they're taxable, and then if they write you as part of the owner of those items when they pass, mm -hmm. if you pay taxes on those because you're already an owner, like a vehicle or even a house, like they write your name as you're part of that owner. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure I understood everything you said, but you're talking about if your parents give you a gift, is that taxable? That's one of your questions, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, okay, Stacy. The good news is that uh, when, when your parents give you a gift of cash and property, and I'm not going to say IRA accounts because it, that's kind of weird. But, uh, uh, oh, the, the IRAs transfer usually after death. People don't give them ahead of time. The gifts aren't taxable to you. And conversely, a regular gift by your parents is, to you is not deductible. So it's kind of a, you know, the best thing. Uh, for a parent to do is if they're going to make a gift to a, a child is that they do it in the form of cash. Uh, uh, I have a client who had picked the right grandparents and the grandparents had a bunch of IBM stock. And the bad news is when you give a gift is, is that you walk in the shoes of the person giving you the gift. So Grandma had a bunch of stock in IBM, and the cost basis was a buck a share. So if uh, you sell that stock, it's just, it's just uh, the kiss of death tax-wise. So uh, uh, most of the time, I recommend my clients uh, give, if they want to make a gift to a child, it's in the form of cash. Because if they give pieces of appreciated assets, you're just passing a capital gain headache onto them when it could be avoided. If you, uh, Stacy, inherit a piece of property that, you know, we'll say their residence or uh, something else and you, you inherit it from their estate, you get to receive what we call a step up in basis. You get the market value at the date of death. So, a lot of capital gain tax gets avoided by doing things that way. So, anyway, I think there's another question inside of her. Yeah, her. Stacey, real quick, we got about 40 seconds. Did you have another question that Walt could answer after our break? No, I think he answered it on how to obtain that property. Um, so, I'm not sure what I was wondering if they just put you as part of the owner. But I think you answered my question. Okay, thank okay, you. Good. All right, with that, yeah, uh, we're up against our hard break here. We'll be back with Walt. Uh, we have a whole another hour to stretch out. So if you have a tax question, go ahead and get in the queue. It looks like we have one right now. Uh, we will be back here shortly. Again, Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter Christian, who is on vacation this week. He will be back on Monday, and we'll be back here shortly. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM. KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. It's Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter for Talkback. Talkback this morning is brought to you by Phillips Janitorial, 
Bringing tired and dirty carpets back to life. No job is too big or small. Call 406-260-6617. Also by Y West Storage. Call for pricing and availability at 406-510-0590. Y West Storage, making room for you. And by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. Gomer's and uh, U.S. Diesel Parts and Service in Missoula at Palmer and West Broadway. And by Harrington Surgical Supply. Feel confident in Harrington Surgical Supply's discreet and knowledgeable guidance on a multitude of products and medical supplies. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. All right, we are back here for hour number two of TalkBack on this Wednesday. We have uh, our special guest in studio, Walt Caro, our resident CPA here. And we would love to hear from you. Get, uh, get in the queue for tax questions for Walt. Our phone number is 721-1290-1800-568-5309. And we do have Buck who waited uh, all throughout the break. And Buck, you are on TalkBack. What's your question for Walt? Well, morning. Uh, I I noticed the last year or so the regulars tend to call in twice. So I've saved up. I've got three today if we can get to them. Oh, sure. They're all, they're all frivolous. Yeah, we so got unless it. Unless you bait me politically. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do them one at a time, Buck. How about that? Okay. Yeah. And like I said, they're not. Well, the first one, I, now there is, a, I'm assuming, a, a professional organization for accountants like most other professions for like for training and then certification and so on yes okay because you're really not the guy for me i i need somebody that will practice the bob biden method and and allow me to charge off thousands of dollars to various women no oh. I'd, I'd, I'd rather do that than give it to the state of montana like we all did <laughs> yeah yeah uh if you know that brings up a whole bunch of host uh of topics and that is is that yeah i have professional ethics in fact uh, I have like two or three sets of rules because of just the way things are. I have a thing from my professional organization called the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. And then Montana has its Society of CPAs, which is kind of a farm team of the big one. And then we also have our, I'm, I'm oversaw by the, uh, State Board of Public Accountants, which is the, uh, governmental sanctioning body. So we have to have continuing education. We have to, uh, practice according to those rules of ethics and so on and so forth. So yeah, if you've got a, if, if, uh, you know, uh, the people, the people that were doing Hunter Biden's returns or uh, uh, what's his brother's name or his uncle's name, Jim, they're doing their yeah. returns. And, you know, um, you're at the mercy of the client in, in some of those cases. But, yeah, anyway, that's that's a tough one. I wouldn't be able to do those returns. OK, well, well, they took down Al Capone, but but. Think of he's fairly smart. He didn't fail to declare. He just had a unique return, and I suspect if you and I had submitted one like that, though, it wouldn't have slid clear to the the statute of limitations. I think it would have been kicked out for a normal person. Do you not? Oh yeah. In fact, I was going to talk about that because if you underreport your your gross receipts by twenty five percent or more, the statute of limitations doubles from three years to six oh. years, and so that's what the they uh this the 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 attorney you know for the justice department in delaware that was investigating hunter biden 
when the six-year statute came up on the 2014 and 2015 returns that had Burisma income, that, I think his name was Weiss, just let it slide. Now, there's a, a another component to that, Buck, and that is is that if in certain situations the statute of limitations won't run, and one of those is filing a false return with the intent to evade uh, uh, tax. And clearly that's what happened, and the two IRS whistleblowers testified to that. They were recommending that criminal charges be filed against Hunter Biden for – you know, uh, filing a false return. So uh, the IRS could still invoke that. The problem is, is the IRS carries the burden of proof to provide intent. But when you're deducting, you know, uh, entertainment uh, women and whatnot, uh, you know, that's just a clear cut flagrant uh, abuse of the system. Sure. Now, now, as a consummate professional, you've you've been there almost half the the history of the income tax system. Have you ever had the curiosity to go back and, and pull the the very first filing? I'm I'm guessing they they had to have some law to to maybe describe as simple as it is what income what consists of income, and I would guess they would have had at least an exemption or or deduction so people didn't have to pay tax on their very first dollar of grocery money and rent and so on. But did you ever have a chance or inclined to look that up? Well, yes, I have. And I didn't look it up. Actually, a client of mine, a very, very nice gentleman, uh, somehow had a copy of a of an 1892 income tax return. And you're going to say, what? The income tax didn't come around till 1917. Well, that's true. But the U.S. government invoked an income tax as a special tax to help fund uh, the Civil War. Um, but this client of mine gave me a photocopy of a tax return of an attorney in Chicago, and it was an 1892 tax return. And it, it kind of followed, uh, in those days, it followed what we're used to these days, showing income and deductions and whatnot. It, it, you know, it was like on one page, so it was a lot greatly reduced and greatly simplified, but it had a tax rate and had income and whatnot. So, yeah. In fact, I should go dig that up. I, you know, uh, would need that uh, 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 relatives of the deceased person, the attorney in Chicago. <laughs> I would need to get their consent before I could release it. But I could release it without a name or social security number on. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there was no social security number back then because that didn't come around till the 30s. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, but well, good question, oh. Buck. Well, real quick, I've run into the break, but get my last one in. You know, there's a lot of advertisements for people buying precious metals as a hedge. But, you know, was it FDR or Wilson that they confiscated all gold coinage in the 30s? And, you know, I mean, it was illegal to hold them. If a person was to do that, given the government we have now, wouldn't it be quite possible that they could... Uh, when you do your barter, they could tax you at 97% or or certainly even now you're supposed to pay on the capital gains. So this idea of hedging, unless you're going to plan on being under the table, uh, 
precious metals, the government's probably not going to let people have much advantage of holding that either going forward. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, my thoughts on that. I can give you a, a, a current example of the government getting involved with precious metals. If you remember, the FBI raided uh, a bank in Beverly Hills and confiscated a whole bunch of safety deposit boxes. And they confiscated a lot of gold that was in those safety deposit boxes. And those holders, those box holders, are still, uh, to my understanding, are still trying to get that. So, yeah, uh, obviously that was for a different uh, uh, direction. But, yeah, the government that we have these days, uh, I would be suspicious of. And they'll they'll try to do whatever they can to protect themselves, not represent us, but they're going to protect the system. And, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, those are my thoughts on that. And, you know, like you said about Al Capone, they, they got up with him because he just didn't report. And they they did what we call a net worth audit. But that's another story. Awesome. Yeah, we're a couple minutes here past our break. I wanted to give Buck enough time to ask all of his questions. We have Karen, Nancy, and Dave on hold. We're going to definitely get to all your calls here, but let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll start with Karen when we come back. Uh, we still have four other lines open if you want to get in the queue. If you have a question for Walt Caro, a tax question, give us a call. Phone number is 721-1290. We'd love to hear from you as well. In Missoula, Hamilton. Dennis Bragg with the latest forecast from the Town Square Weather Center. Snow showers and some gusty winds in the forecast today. The National Weather Service has issued winter weather advisories. The main snow impact will be Wednesday night into Thursday morning with an 80% chance of snowfall. Tapering off as we get into Thursday. Upwards of an inch of snow in the valleys of west central and southwest Montana. The flathead in northwest Montana could see one to three inches with more in the passes. Turning colder as the storm clears Friday with lows down into the teens. We are back on Talk Back. Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter Christian, who is on vacation today and the rest of this week. He will be back on Monday. Our guest this morning is Walt Kiro. He's our friend and resident CPA. And the phone lines are starting to fill up, Walt, even though we do have some lines open if you want to get in the queue. Phone number 721-1290. But Karen's been waiting. And Karen, what is your uh, question for Walt? Hi, Karen. Hi, um, my question actually is directly related to the last one. Um, I don't have a lot, but I do have 10 um, gold one-ounce coins. Uh-huh. And um, and I bought them. I paid between 400 and 1100 for each of them. So, uh-huh. um, so they're, they're worth about $40,000 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I was... And I'm not planning to use them unless the apocalypse happens or something, I guess. But yeah. um, but I was going to give one to each of my grandchildren. Am, am I giving them a, a, a problem? Because I don't really have papers on all of them. Uh, the answer is yes. Because in theory, Karen, if you sold these coins right now or cashed them out, you would have that capital gain of let's just say it's thirty thousand dollars. The the substance if you if you gave it all away to the grandkids, 
you have passed that $30,000 capital gain onto those kids. Now, capital gains for those kids may not amount to much, but without knowing their tax situation, uh, I just uh, would recommend against doing that. Uh, they they would be better off getting these coins from your estate than from you because that that okay. 30000 of capital gains disappears when they inherit it from an estate. Okay, so if I just put it in my will that they were each to get one, yep. then they wouldn't have to pay anything for it? Well, uh, they wouldn't have much of a tax consequence from it, if any at all. Okay, because oh, okay. what what happens, yeah, Karen? What what happens, Karen? If if you put it in the will that those grandkids get it when you die, at mm-hmm. the date of your death, the uh, coins are uh, evaluated. What the fair market value is at the date of your death. Then okay. when they get the coins, that becomes what we call their tax basis, their cost. And so if, you know, if they sold them immediately, there would probably be very little, if any, any gain to pay on. In fact, they may even have a loss, depending upon how the market is at that time. So, yeah, the, oh, the oh, grandkids okay, are better so, off. So they, um, so if I gave them to them in my will, then what, if they sold the, the so they're they're valued what they are the day I die. Yep. So if they do, if they sold them soon, they wouldn't pay anything because right. they had had depreciated. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, oh, good. I'm glad I, you you, you got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. You Thanks, bet. Karen. Hey, good luck out there. All right, uh, we have time for uh, Nancy. I want to give you plenty of time. We went a little long on that last segment, so we're actually up against our next break already. Uh, phone number is seven two one twelve ninety. If you also want to get in the queue, uh, Dave dropped off there, so we only have Nancy on hold. So if you've been waiting to ask Walt a question, now's the time to jump in. We got about forty minutes left in the show here, and uh, yeah, give us a call. The weather is. All right, we are back on Talkback. Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter, who's on vacation this week. Our guest this morning is our resident CPA, Walt Caro, here to answer your tax questions. Uh, we've been on for, what, about an hour and 40 minutes uh, answering questions or so here, or an hour and 20 minutes, sorry. And, uh, yeah, we still have about 40 minutes left with Walt, so get in the queue. I know we're all kind of getting our papers together, getting ready to file, so if you have a question Give us a call at 721-1290. We'd love to hear from you. But we do have Nancy on the line. Nancy, you are on with Walt. Go ahead. Hi, Nancy. Hi, and good morning, Glory Montana. Okay, Walt, I'm extremely angry. I'm angry because Americans are being forced to pay for these uh, parasites uh, that are invading our country, illegal aliens that are invading developed nations. We're being forced to uh, spend tax dollars on their existence in the United States of America. I want to know if there is any way that Americans can demand an exemption for paying taxes on on these people that we did never ask for and do not want into our nations. They are felons. They broke our laws of federal immigration. Why are we paying for them? And uh, I can't. I, I could. I could. I could just be here for all morning arguing this point. <laughs> why are we paying why are we paying for illegal aliens who are felons 
and why are we being forced to do this and what 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 can we get out of this how can we stop this and uh thank you for any uh information you can give us what okay Thanks, nancy, nancy. I think I hear you loud and clear. My dad used to have a saying uh, uh, to uh, to express how you f- how your feeling is on this is that you could eat nails. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, Nancy, under the existing tax laws, there's nothing we can do but just sit there and take it. Uh, the only way, our only. Uh, way of dealing with this is through the ballot box and and throw the bums out anyway and there's a lot of bums in there that are supporting this invasion of illegal immigrants and uh uh there's a lot of politics involved but uh it it just boils down to is uh, nobody in this country that i'm aware of or have heard is against legal immigration most of us have parents, grandparents that that uh, uh, were involved with immigration, but they came here and they went through the process and they did it legally. They just didn't invade. So uh, there's nothing we can do. Um, but here's what uh, I have been thinking about doing. Like for example, with uh, Senator Daines, is is that hey. What, what What is the Senate doing about this illegal immigration? Well, because of politics and the uh, the Republicans are in the minority, there's not too much they can do about it. But as Dan Bongino says, hey, it must not be bad enough yet because when it gets bad enough, people will vote the way uh, they think uh, uh, will change the situation. Now, according to recent surveys or uh, polls, most of the people in this country are upset about this illegal immigration. So maybe something good will happen about it. But is it bad enough yet? Well, I think it is. And I'm sure from the sounds. thinks it is. Yeah. Your, your nail-eating nail uh, <laughs> paradigm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that you're the same way. Uh, we have a couple app questions. Uh, phone lines are wide open. Uh, nobody's on hold. So if you've been waiting to ask Walt a question, uh, jump in now and we'll actually get right to your call. But in the meantime, um, we were talking about 529s earlier and Jeff had asked a question. Uh, he said, with regards to 529s, when a child turns 18, does ownership transfer to the child or remain with the parent or guardian? Uh, my understanding, I'm not an attorney because this is a property question, but the 529 plan, especially from a tax perspective, stays with the owner, the original person who put the money in the account. Now, the thing that's interesting about 529 plans is, is that you can switch beneficiaries. Uh, but uh, to my knowledge, you can't change ownership. And I've never seen in my... 50 years, 50 plus years of experience where somebody tried to gift a 529 plan to somebody else. That's uh, the whole process is a gift. And as long as the uh, money that is contributed to the 529 plan and whatever it builds up to is used for uh, uh, higher education, uh, those those distributions aren't taxable. So. Anyway, I think that should answer that. Yeah, it does. Uh, We have another kind of quick comment from Hugh. He said, 
I think it's worth praising the IRS when they do a good job. I filed my taxes with TurboTax on February 1st, and both my state and federal returns were direct deposited into my account on the 8th. So only a week there. He said it was easy and painless for him. Yeah. Well, uh, that's great. And uh, most of that nowadays uh, 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 on your return is automatic because it's all electronic and and it's all automatic. Where the difficulty comes in is if you have a complex return. Uh, uh, in fact, some of the first returns that we were preparing, we couldn't electronically file because our software wasn't ready yet. And neither was like the state of Montana and the IRS. Uh, most people don't realize this, but our t- the tax softwares like TurboTax and the one I use from Commerce Clearinghouse uh, are at the mercy of the IRS. And the IRS says, hey, you have to use our approved forms mm. before you can electronically file. So they're at the mercy and the timing of the IRS. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, we are up against our next break. Uh, we actually have Teresa waiting on the line, so I want to give her plenty of time to ask her question for you, Walt. We all the rest of our phone lines are open. We still have about 30 minutes left in the show this morning. So, yeah, if you have a tax question for Walt, give us a call. Phone number is 721-1290. And we'll be back right after this short two-minute break. Nick. All right. We are back on Talkback. Nick Christensen here filling in for Peter Christian, who is on vacation today and the rest of this week. He will be back on Monday. We'll be back to regular shows then. Um, but in the meantime here, we have Walt Kiro in studio. He's our friend and resident CPA on twice a month, uh, Kiro Byington and Associates. And we have Teresa who has a question. Uh, Teresa, what's your question yeah, for Walt? Good Hi, Teresa. I have a question. Good morning. I have a question from um, a pre-tax annuity account from a retirement account. So it just went from an retirement account to an annuity. Yeah. We got kind of annoyed at having an annuity. So Uh we last year transferred the full amount to an IRA. Okay. So we, we got a, uh, a check. They sent us a check in our name Mm -hmm. from the annuity. Mm -hmm. And then we deposited into the IRA, but we got a 1099 yeah. for the full amount of the annuity. So I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, not well. Mm. <laughs> Here's what happens, okay. Teresa. Uh, the, annuity, uh, the annuity in and of itself is a, uh, a uh, tax shelter device. And when I say shelter, it means it defers the income. So you put X dollars into the annuity, and then after so many years, it grew to Y dollars. And when you, you know, I I think there's some methods uh, that you did not employ that I would have, uh, if you had asked me, I would have said, well, talk to your agent of the annuity and see if they can do Mm -hmm. what they call a 1035 rollover to the IRA account. Uh, I don't know if you can, you can swap an annuity for an annuity under the 1035 exchange program, but to go from an annuity to an IRA, 
that's uh, you know that's that's a little scary and beyond my uh, wheelhouse. But I uh, do you have a lot of income in that annuity? Probably. Probably, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's just going to be taxable. And, you, you know, I guess this this already took place. And so there's no undoing this, is there? No, it already is done and gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wish I could help you. Um, uh, I'm just wondering, because these annuities, uh, first of all, an annuity is an insurance company product. You can only buy annuities from insurance companies. So um, what I would do, and of course, this is after the fact, and I doubt if it'll make any difference. But do you have an agent with the insurance company that you worked with? Yes, we do. Have you talked to that person? Not yet. I would. I would talk to them as soon as possible because what you're describing, I'm sure, has been repeated by other people. And, uh, you know, without knowing any other facts, Teresa, it, it just it just doesn't look good. But that being okay. said, why don't you see what you can do to, uh, you know, mitigate the damage if it's possible? Okay, we will. Thank you so much. Yeah, and let us know. Yeah, I want to report. Yeah, definitely if you call can... us next time once on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I will. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Good luck, Teresa. Uh, all right, that is uh, all of our calls, and let me make sure that's all of our. Oh, we're getting a call. Oh no, that was Teresa. She maybe uh, just pocket dialed us again. Um, you want to go to your stack of stuff here for oh, the next yeah. couple of minutes? Yeah, I know I, you had some stuff you wanted to share. Uh, so. uh, like I said, I. Uh, Mo Buck was talking about uh, me belonging to, uh, I like to call it a trade association, the Montana Society of CPAs. Right. Eh, that's probably a better description. <laughs> it's kind of, it's not a union, but anyway, it's a trade association. Anyway, we were supposed to get, I'm supposed to get 40 hours of continuing education every year. And I get about 20 hours from uh, the Tennessee Society of CPAs. The last session of this 20-hour course was on the economic, on economics. And so I have a, a map to show uh, Mr. Barkey. And I've already showed it to Nick, but uh, this is taking the various states in the con- well, in in the United States and comparing them to the uh, uh, other nations' gross domestic product. So, the state GDP, and, and you know these are just approximate numbers, but you can take the state of Washington; their GDP was like. Six hundred sixty-eight billion. That compares to the country of Poland. Mm. Montana's gross domestic product is fifty-nine billion, and that compares with Uruguay. Mm. Yeah, uh, 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 Texas is uh, uh, fifty-one point nine. I don't know. Is that a T for a trillion? Yeah, it looks like a T for a trillion. Yeah, you got it. That you ties got it. into yep. Canada. That's uh, uh, similar to the gross domestic product of Canada. And um, uh, California that's came in at $53.4 trillion, And that's the similar to the economy of the United Kingdom. 
And uh, an interesting thing, my sister-in-law was saying, I told her that the population of California, 35, 36 million, was more than was in Canada. She couldn't believe it. But <laughs> I know that's truth because I looked it up. After living there, I could vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I thought this comparison of state GDP to nations was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you showed me that map when we first walked in. And yeah, Montana, I don't think we... <laughs> Uruguay, me where's 50, that? 50 guesses. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> Uruguay would have been my first, but anyway, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, it, you know, it's just interesting information. Yeah. Then another slide that I got from this economic presentation has to do, it It, it bullet pointed uh, uh, the continental United States map, and they use blue and orange on this map. But uh, the presenter had uh, drawn elliptical type circles around various areas, and where there's the most movement. Yeah, right? where there's the most movement in population. Yeah. And a couple of things from this map was that the southeast, uh, notably Florida, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, South Carolina, and then Texas, Oklahoma, and whatnot. Uh, the blue indicated where people were moving to and the orange from. So a lot of people, and this has been discussed, have moved from the Northeast and sh the Chicago area and Detroit and the West Coast. And they're mostly moving to Florida and uh, Texas and whatnot. The other aspect of this map is, is that uh, a lot of inner cities were losing population and so people inside the cities were moving to the suburbs because the suburbs are, are, are showing up as having high growth. You had mentioned Tennessee. You said that uh, Tennessee's the surprising benefactor of this movement. Why, why is that surprising? Well, uh, it, it, because of the amount. There is a tremendous amount of people moving, especially to the Nashville area. Hmm. And, uh, well, on Fox News, Pete Hegseth, mm -hmm. he moved to Nashville. And Hannity just moved from New York to Florida. And I, I'd like to beat him on the head and said, <laughs> what Sean, what took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure it's uh, his affinity and his family in New York. But nevertheless, uh, it, they, these are just kind of interesting facts. And if you don't believe that tax uh, policy has an impact on people, you're you're greatly mistaken. Absolutely. Hey, we're uh, we're up against our next break here. We actually have... Barb waiting on the line, so we'll get to her call right when we come back. We only have about 20 minutes left with Walt here, so if you have a tax question and maybe missed the first part of the show, uh, give us a call. Phone number is 721-1290. Uh, he'll be here, like I said, another 20 minutes or so. We'd love to hear from you. All right, we are back on Talkback here. Nick Christensen filling in for Peter this week, who is on vacation uh, we have our friend and resident CPA, Walt Caro, in studio. Still about 15 minutes or so left in our program this morning. And uh, we have two callers on hold. We have uh, Barb and Susan, but Barb's been waiting the longest. Uh, Barb, what's your question for Walt? Hi, Barb. Oh, good morning. Hi. Um, I am retired, and Social Security is my only income. And my parents passed last year. And I received some funds as a beneficiary of an IRA. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if that is taxable. Uh, yeah, Barb, it's taxable when you pull it out of the account. 
And when you inherit an IRA, like your your example, you have 10 mm-hmm. years to pull all that out. So you, you don't okay. have to be in a hurry. <laughs> so, but you do have oh, to pull it out. Come and gone. Yeah. Is it taxable as unearned or earned? Uh, uh, unearned. Yep. And then um, my grandchildren lost their parents last year, and I am now their guardian, and I receive uh, survivor benefits for them. Is their survivor benefits taxable? Is that considered income to me or them or anybody? Generally, survivor benefits are going to be in the name of the person uh, of the grandchild. And so the Mm -hmm. 1099... Uh, from Social Security should be in their Social Security number. Right. Right? Okay. And if it's in their Social Security number, then you don't have to pick it up. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Good luck, Barb. Thanks, Barb. Uh, Let's get Susan on the line. Susan, uh, what's your question or comment for uh, Walt? Hi, Susan. Well... Hmm. It's a little bit of both. From the for the previous caller, it sounds like she has a rather complicated tax situation, and I hope that she seeks professional help because she's got a lot of stuff going. Yeah. But anyway, um, I digress. Uh, the reason I'm calling is that last night I attended um, a school board meeting. And they are wringing their hands because they now don't have enough money to balance their budget. And they're planning to cut uh, teacher positions because so many children are being pulled out of our public school system, which probably is a direct result of the fact that they shut the schools down for so many years thanks to China virus which is what it is, China virus, not COVID. And uh, parents sought other forms of education. And um, we are going to be hit with a multi-billion dollar tax levy. And um, I don't know what, as a homeowner, anybody can do um, because they don't ever explore any other form of revenue to uh, keep things afloat. They just immediately assume that the homeowners are going to cough up the money. And I don't know if you get into this with tax planning for homeowners. Do you? Not this particular... Not this particular question, Susan. Usually when I get into it with uh, uh, taxpayers and clients with with uh, home ownership, it's usually, well, am I going to have to pay tax if I sell it? If I sell it, how much tax do I have to pay and, and all that stuff? Right. When it comes to property taxes, I don't get too involved except for to pay my own. And uh, that's always a, a pleasant thought. And, uh, you know, the only... The only way you can deal with the property tax issue is uh, by direct involvement with the politicians that uh, have a direct impact on that. And so that would be our state legislators, the governor, and uh, the county and city officials, because the county and city officials are the ones who are uh, uh, 
coming up with uh, mill levies and all that stuff. The uh, evaluation process is done by the state of Montana through the Department of Revenue, but that's just one piece of that uh, machinery that creates the property oh, tax absolutely. bill. Yeah, I think um, we are in for um, another increase in taxes. And I love how they always say, oh, it's only going to be, um, you know, X number of dollars per $100,000 worth of value with all of our values going up. And if you've lived in your house and you have no other place to go, you know, it's, you're stuck. Yeah, it's just a, a Starbucks cup of coffee a week, right? <laughs> That's how they try to sell it, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, when you say alternative revenue, the the first thing that comes out of politicians' mouth is sales tax. And I still think Montana will uh, keep putting the sales tax off. And uh, anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Well, what was interesting, several people, including myself, suggested that the superintendent of schools that gets $190,000 a year um, magnanimously, since he was suggesting that some of the teachers flip a coin as to who would keep their job and who wouldn't, that maybe he flip a coin and decide how much money he personally will donate yeah. And not take a raise in order for some of the teachers not to lose their job. Mm. I'm not going to hold my breath, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> not going to hey, hold my breath. Susan, well, we're up against a okay. break. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right. Uh, yeah, we're up against our last break. It's a quick one-minute timeout. We all of a sudden have Al, Chris, and Marilyn on hold and only about eight minutes left in our show. So, uh, let's take this break now, and then we'll try to get to those calls when we come back. All right, we are back on TalkBack. I don't want to waste any more of our time here this morning because we're running out of it. And uh, we have three callers on the line, and uh, Al's been waiting. Uh, Al, what's your question or comment for Walt? Hi, Al. Uh, good, mor- good morning, Walt. I have a similar question about an inherited IRA. Yeah. Uh my two my two nieces are going to inherit my IRA. That's uh, uh, is it also ten years, or does that ten years just apply to a wife and kids? Uh, what I call immediate family versus uh, two nieces. Thank you. Oh, okay, Al. Uh, it it should apply to your nieces as well. That's my understanding. An inherited IRA. Uh, uh, the beneficiary who gets that inherited IRA has. 10 years to uh, take that money out of the IRA and declare it as income. If they don't do Thank that. You very much. Yeah, if they don't do that, Al, then they're subject to a penalty. But most people and uh, IRA accounts have a custodian. And one of the one of the uh, functions of that custodian is to let the uh, beneficiaries and the IRA account owners know what's going on. So... They should be fine, though. But 10 years works. Sweet. Uh, We uh, also have Chris on. Uh, Chris, go ahead. What's your uh, question or comment for Walt? Did you say Chris? Yeah, you're up. Okay. I understand that a child can inherit $15,000 from the parents without being taxed. But um, is that a federal tax or a state tax? 
Okay. Um, yeah, Chris, interesting question. Uh, for 2023, they bumped that from 15, it's now 17,000 a year that a child can receive from, uh, a parent or grandparent or, uh, well, we call them donors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what happens is, is, that's not taxable to the person receiving the gift, the, the child or grandchild. And likewise, it's not deductible by you. So if you gave somebody fifteen or $17,000, uh, it's not income. It's not a deduction. But uh, that uh, if you gave somebody 100000 that, again, it's not income to them. It's not deductible by you, but you would have to file what's called a gift tax form. And that gift tax form is, for lack of anything better, form number 709. And those are filed. And believe it or not, the IRS keeps these gift tax returns forever and ever. And uh, they keep track of how much gifting is made because you can mm-hmm. make gifts up to like uh, $1 million per child or grandchild. And mm-hmm. then uh, that that doesn't create a tax. But once you go above that uh, uh, floor for gift tax, then you'll start paying a gift tax. And that can get up to about 37 45%. But most people don't get there. you're talking about the person receiving the gift? What's that? You're talking about the person You're receiving talking the about gift? the person receiving the gift. No, I'm talking about the person making the mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The person receiving the gift is not going to be in a taxable situation. It's the person who makes the gift that could okay. pay in a, a gift tax. Now, also, um, is this universal in every state or does each state have a different amount? Because uh, we have some children out of state. Yeah, um, it's different on different states, but like, for example, in Montana, uh, there's no inheritance tax, so it just doesn't come into play. And to my knowledge, uh, Washington and Oregon have an inheritance tax, but I'm not aware of a gift tax. So, Mm -hmm. you know, each state's different and you'd have to check on that. But if you are a Montana resident and you're gifting to grandchildren in, in say, Virginia, mm-hmm. you do, they don't have to worry about anything in Virginia because it's it's you who are making the gift and it's you who have could have any kind of a tax consequence to it, but not them. Okay. So it's actually that it's a person, it's a donor who pays the tax and not the receiver. Yeah. Yeah, and, to, and because, see, a gift tax is similar to the estate tax, and it's what we mm-hmm. call a transfer tax. And it's kind of a nuance, but it's on the transfer of an asset from party A to party B, either by gift or by inheritance. And so those two taxes are separate and aside from the income tax system. Okay. That clear as mud, I know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Good questions, Chris. Chris. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. We have about two and a half minutes, so let's try to get Marilyn's call. Hi, Marilyn. Marilyn, real quick, yeah, if you could ask your question or give your comment for what? we got two minutes. Okay. Good morning. Um, So I'm on the Lolo Community Council, and almost every meeting there's somebody coming there with – new government program that they want us to sign on to or they're offering to the people, the public, for a grant, 
grant, grant, grant, grant, grant, grant, grant. All these great, nice-sounding new programs, old programs mm-hmm. for grant money. Um, and they act like it's just free money out there for the taking and just fill out this application and you might get it, you know. And and I just, last night was a good example, and um, we voted it down, thank goodness. But can you, Walt, in your nice, polite, <laughs> non-dramatic way, explain to the people how that's not free money, that it actually will increase our burden of taxes and to just say no. It's hard to say no. I can see why a lot of these politicians cave because that's a lot easier. It's hard to say no. And we need to start saying no. We need to start saying no to these school levies. Hey, Marilyn, we got one minute, so I'm going to give Walt a minute. Thanks. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, Marilyn. Uh, Under the concept, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, uh, it reminds me of a discussion I had with a friend of mine who is Irish, and he was saying, in Ireland, nobody has to pay for schools. It's all free. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, Randy, no way. Somebody's paying that bill. And uh, this hits your concept, Marilyn. Somebody is paying for that bill. Whether it's a local taxpayer or a taxpayer in Timbuktu, New Mexico. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing is, is for some reason, people are driven to spend. They're not driven to save. And until we can change that paradigm, if we can get people to to become a little more miserly, we'll, we're going to be in trouble. Perfect. Walt, we are completely out of time. Uh, to find out more about Walt, visit uh, Kiro Byington and Associates. Just look him up online. Uh, tax season, we're in the midst of it. Uh, tomorrow on Talkback, I'll be back. Uh, Bob Schwartz will be back. Montana World Affairs Council on the radio will kick around open phones the first half hour, and then he has a special guest. We will uh, talk to you tomorrow. Happy, Happy Valentine's.